Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian Mogish. And I'm Mike Esquivel. And you're listening to Wheel Spin Network. Hey, everybody. This is Mike and Brian. We're back for another episode of the Wheel Spin Network podcast. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed watching this week's race, uh, Bahrain Grand Prix of 2018. Holy smokes, Brian. Was it a cracker? Yeah, welcome back, everybody. That was definitely a, a great race. Uh, that was uh, that was good after the break. Yeah, so uh, to kind of start it off here, uh, like we said last week, or sorry, last race, um, we are going to kind of quickly go over the pegging order of who finished where. If you don't know by now, your boy Vettel finished P1 again for the Woo-hoo. win. <laughs> Two races in a row. Two races in a row. Ferrari's looking strong this year, um, and hopefully my prediction of Vettel coming home with the championship this year uh, comes to fruition because it looks like so far he's off to a good start. Um, second place, K. Botas. Had a heck of a, a end there for him. Um, definitely pushed Vettel to the limits. Third place came Hamilton all the way from P9 after his penalties. And then fourth place, the shocker. Boy, Pierre, Pierre Gasly. Holy smokes. Nice job, Gasly. Yes, and that Honda engine. Um, also one driver of the day, by yes, the way. Yes, he did, I mean, he had a phenomenal race. Uh, Magnussen came in in P5, which is probably where he should have been last time yeah. out, uh, but this time there luckily no uh, pit stop no issues. Pit stop Not for him. Yes. Not for him, anyways. Hulkenberg uh, had a fantastic race with Alonzo, who came in right after him. Man, they were fighting for what I think was almost the whole race. They were just going back and forth at it. Uh, Van Dorn for uh, two, you know, two McLaren in the points finishes. There you go. Um, and then P9, another another cracker, another shocker there. Marcus freaking Erickson, yeah, in man. The, in the Sauber. For, in the Sauber. Yeah, the, the Sauber Alfa Romeo. I had a hard time personally choosing my my driver of the day between Gasly and Ericsson because I chose Ericsson. It's it's pretty tough, man. I chose Ericsson. Ericsson had a had an awesome race. Um, Ocon barely squeezed in for the last point. Um, I think Sainz was holding on to that to like literally the last lap or two. Um, then came in uh, Sainz at P11, and then Leclerc. Had a pretty decent race at uh, P12. He was mainly in the back, um, but uh, there was a lot of fighting going on there in the back. Wasn't, wasn't it uh, Perez that finished P12? I thought was it? it was, yeah, because it was Sainz P11. Sorry, oh, Perez yeah, that's right. P12. Right. Um, and then Hartley P13. Yes, you're correct. There we go, there we go. Okay, and then after Leclerc uh, came in Grosjean, who had a not-so-great race with his barge board that just seemed to keep falling apart yeah, while I, he was driving. I think that Haas was shedding more pieces. I, I was a little worried that by the end of the race if he was going to have a car like around him to actually finish the race. <laughs> yeah, and when he came in for that pit stop, you could just see that entire barge board on that left side was just gone which wasn't there. Uh, Lance Stroll came in, and then the second Williams of Sergey Sorokin finished the, the drivers that actually completed the race. Um, if you don't know by now, uh, the two Red Bulls had a very dismal day today. Um, Both you know, out very soon. Very early, very, very, very early. early Daniel with a, uh, seems to be like an electrical issue. Electrical issue. And uh, Max just had that puncture with that, uh, with that collision with Hamilton, which eventually just led to the retirement. And, and uh, Kimmy, it seems like 2018 so far is the year of pit stop drama. Yep. Uh, something, something definitely going on there. Um, yeah. Hefty penalty levied towards Ferrari as well. 
um, 50,000 50, euros mm -hmm. fine mm -hmm. um, as well we, we should mention which that, I mean to then you know 50,000 euros they're like hey I've won out of the million dollars that you give us every <laughs> every year it's still money you don't want to spend yeah, sure sure uh, to uh, kind of wrap up that real quick um, the mechanic that was hit at four Ferrari looks like he has fractured his leg actually a double fracture yeah uh, yikes that definitely hurts yeah uh, but thankfully he's okay uh, and it wasn't it wasn't a serious life-threatening uh, injury there, yeah so. yeah and I don't know if you guys were able to see uh, the the clip that um, that's been around the internet but man it's when he not pretty no it's hard to watch and uh, I wouldn't suggest many of you watching it if you haven't because it uh, it's definitely gut-wrenching uh, but to the beginning of the race, uh, man, this race was exciting, Brian. Yeah, right, right from the start. Right oh, from yeah. the start was. Oh uh, yeah. Was on, you know, it was it was electric. Uh, and I thought I was going to be able to keep track of the overtakes, considering how Australia was, where literally you could count on one hand how many overtakes there were, and I was expecting something similar here in the situation. But uh, I couldn't keep up with the overtakes. I I couldn't. Yeah. I I tried it at first, and then I was just like, I have no idea who's overtaking who anymore because it was just back and forth Quite up and down the order not only in the first you know not even not only in the first three or four positions yeah. but all the yeah, way top down top of the grid middle yeah. of the grid back of the grid yeah. constantly and even even just watching the race mm -hmm. um even if it wasn't necessarily televised if you were watching the graphics on the left hand side of the screen you were constantly seeing uh drivers shuffling up and up and backwards um so Plenty of overtaking. Uh, that's nice to see, especially after Australia. It was so, so nice to see. It was an awesome race. Um, the start was was really cool, really interesting. Botas got off the line better than Kimi in P2, so yeah. uh, he like, overtook him in a turn It seemed like one. it was just a really good... Uh, get away from Botas. Right. Kimi didn't seem to have, like, he didn't bog down. No, he didn't get no. an excessive amount of wheels, right. but there was definitely a little bit. But we've seen Botas have these great starts. Yeah, we have. You know, talking to Austria last year, you know, where, I mean... It's probably one of the best starts we've ever seen. How close it was, people thought he cheated. Uh, but anyways, so Botas takes that that P two spot right away, coming in turn one. Uh, Alonso actually overtakes Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, uh, another there at the beginning. Another crazy start from Alonso yep. as well. Yeah. Uh, started P thirteen, was all the way up to P nine. Yep. I mean, that's nothing. That's not too surprising. Uh, yeah. He's definitely known for his starts and. And Verstappen actually started off to a great race as well. Started in P15 after crashing out and qualifying. Yes. Um, and I think he was up in P11 or P10 by the second or third it was, corner. It was three or four places for right. sure. Right. He, he was he was making his way up the grid. Yep. And then also at about three or four corners in, we see uh, good old Perez go for a spin. Yeah, got some help from Brendan Hartley there. Yep. Um, Who was awarded. Yeah, a, a ten-second time penalty. I think a little harsh. I would probably say that's a little harsh, especially considering it was a not a turn one and incident. And they so could have got a, a, a two-car finish yeah, in the that, points. Yeah, that really kind of like Hartley. Right there. Oh man, like he he was overtaking. He overtook yeah, for yeah. for P ten at one point, and then that's when they told him he was awarded that ten-second time yeah, penalty. And that really that put him right. back down the order. Right. Yeah, I I definitely think that was. Especially because we normally see a five-second penalty mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. uh, from contact with other drivers, especially for a first lap collision. And it I, didn't look intentional. No, no. I mean, again, you, you he knows just as well as anybody else. Like you've got to get those positions early on. Right. Um, so um, I think a little harsh, but you know, it is what it is. That's what was decided. 
Yeah. So going into lap two to continue the, the craziness, or just you know at the beginning of the race, anyways. Uh, actually, in lap two, the second lap, we see Verstappen uh, try to take Hamilton yeah. into turn one. And um, yeah, it looks like they just got a little, a little too close. Collision. Yeah, a little collision between the two of them. I mean, it's definitely that first right-hand turn and followed immediately by that left. Mm -hmm. it, things get pretty tight. Well, because you have the inside line going into turn one. Exactly. And now all of a sudden you're on the switches, outside yeah. in, the, in turn yeah. two and it's immediate, you know. And so Verstappen tried to kind of take Hamilton off that side after turn one. He tried to push him out, out of the track to, to try to take the inside line into turn two. It was very unfortunate. Yep, for very him. Very unfortunate. For him. I think Got that, that puncture. I think and, that uh, robbed us of... I mean, it's always exciting to watch Max Verstappen race, right. and, this, and this weekend especially, he was out, you know, he crashed out in qualifying, so we didn't yeah. get to see him put in a lap in, in yeah. Q3. And I personally, I personally think he could have snagged P3 in qualifying, because Ricardo is not as good of a qualifier as him, and his time was only like two tenths off of, off of uh, Kimi. Um, yeah, I... I I could probably see that as well. So I think Verstappen could have been up there, uh, and so that, it, it that definitely robbed us of, of seeing um, you know Verstappen throughout the the entire race. And then um, not long after that, I think it was it was it was on the same lap. It was on the same yeah, lap. Yeah, because Verstappen was going into the pits with his yeah. with his damaged it tire, was, and, and I think it was it was around turn seven. Then that Ricardo pulled off. Just, just lost all of a sudden, lost, yeah, you saw his steering wheel go blank. Everything just kind of shut down. There was no flames, no no pops and bangs, no like gearbox nope. grenading itself. No, nope. yeah. If you see the replay, it's just like plug. yeah. You look at his steering wheel and it's just bam, blank, blacks out. Which um, interestingly, they they also mentioned at that same uh, in that same time period that Hulkenberg was complaining of having battery issues as well. So that very well could be a Renault thing. Um, obviously, their reliability has been lacking, and we've been kind of seeing. Yeah, that. and that, that actually brings me up to my next point. That is Ricardo's fourth retirement within the last six races. If you go back to last yikes, year, yikes. four in the last six races. As a Red Bull fan, I'm ready to get these Renaults out of this car. Um, and then uh, that retire or that retirement out, from Ricardo brought out that brought out the, the virtual VSC. safety car right. and uh, Charles Leclerc pit. Went into the pits yep. and went went on to the mediums, mm -hmm. and I believe that was his only stop, wasn't it? If I'm not no, he stopped. He stopped one more time. He did. He did stop later yeah. in the race. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. But he was the first one to come in uh, to actually do like a regular pit stop. Verstappen obviously came in, but he had no choice. Yeah. So um, we had that. We had that virtual safety car, and that period. which only lasted for two or three laps. It was a yeah, very about, short, about a lap and a half. I it was, think it was a very short virtual safety car, yeah. and then immediately, uh -huh. uh, Magnuson and Gasly collide, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he pushes Magnuson off the track. So again, like this race was yeah. just full of yeah action. Which actually going back. Uh, Grosjean on the first lap had, was actually bumped wide a little bit. He, mm -hmm. he had to he had to take evasive. I think twice point. he was bumped off. Yeah. There was a lot of action. There was a lot of touchy touchy in this yeah, race. Uh, Argy bargy, I think the the Brits yeah. might say. There we go. And then Ocon had a terrible restart from that virtual safety car. Gets overtaken by uh, Hulkenberg and then Hamilton, and then Hamilton almost Hamilton, yeah. immediately. Yeah. So. Um, yeah that that brought us to uh, that brought us to. Hamilton uh, having that triple overtake down the yep. down the back straight. Yep. 
Uh, definitely relying on the Mercedes power. What a great shot, though. All three cars. Yeah, no. And the, I, under the lights with all the sparks flying everywhere. It's an amazing It's an amazing clip. I, I've watched it even after the race, and that was some pretty it's really stuff. cool. It's really cool to see that. And he, he ends up getting into P5. Like, you're talking just a few laps into the race after starting P9 with that with that uh, five-place grid penalty mm-hmm. for uh, having to replace his gearbox. Um, so that was pretty interesting. And then Hulkenberg and Alonso, that's when their fight kind of begins. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it pretty much lasts the entire race. It was yeah. so tense between the two. Um, and then not even just a few laps later, Hamilton takes Gasly, which was just somebody sitting there for him. You know, the Honda engine is still a Honda engine. And... Uh, a Mercedes engine is still a Mercedes engine. That's true. So. That's true. They definitely have a lot of power. So at that point, he takes Gasly, and he's nine seconds out of fourth place behind Kimi. So. And at that point, Ericsson was up to P12. Right. Uh, I I said this during the race. Uh, to me, it seems like Sauber actually has some pretty good strategy going on, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess makes sense when you don't have the best chassis. Uh, out there, you've got to be clever with how you win well, as well. and they brought in, I believe it was Sauber that brought in the uh, head of Aerodynamics. Is they brought they they got him out of Audi. Yes. And uh, I know he wasn't there at the race this weekend, but um, you know, we, we might be looking at some big things. In the future, Our, we might sure. be looking at a Sauber BMW remix of uh, the mid two thousands. That could be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so after, so that was lap eight. Um, lap nine is when Hartley was given that 10 second time penalty so that's really when his race kind of just went backwards Uh, lap 10 uh, Perez comes in pits for the mediums Mm -hmm. Uh, lots of drivers using mediums for this race yes I think that was pretty I think that was unexpected yeah and and I still think even at the end of this race I still don't know which tire was the best tire Um, I I think it was less You've got some circuits and some races, you've got a, a clear best tire right. or a clear performance advantage over super softs or softs. Right. Um, I think with the compounds being closer this year, because there are more, I, I think there's less of a, of a gap between, between each of the compounds. Right. But definitely, you saw softs, super softs, mediums all putting in pretty similar times on on different chassis. Yeah, no, we saw best laps being set by mediums uh, quite a few times. So, um, you know, it was definitely hard to say which tire was the best. But pretty much between uh, lap 11 and, you know, lap, who knows, 23, 24, 25, uh, you know, you just had the periodic pit of, uh, of the guys. Vettel came in at lap 19, and that's very crucial to know because uh, he came in for softs. Yes. Which immediately would have had him on a two-stop. Uh, Kimmy came in the next lap for also softs. Um, and so Vettel somehow manages to go from lap 19, 19 all the to way to the end. The yeah. end on a soft tire that was only expected to last 30 laps. He went 40. Yeah, Ferrari was for sure. Looks like they were going for the two the, the two stop strategy, both for Vettel and Kimmy. Uh, Kimmy came in right after Vettel. Um, Botas actually came in on lap 20 at the same time as Kimi. Right, just like a lap later than Vettel and, and put and on mediums. Went, yeah, and he went, he went for mediums. Right, and at that point I knew immediately Vettel had two options. Mm-hmm. Uh, either one, pit again and just be okay with second or third place. Yeah. Or yeah. two, somehow make the softs well, work. Well, and, and right, right from that pit stop, 
Vettel was on it. Right. That, that next lap. He, he was putting best. Yep. Lap. Yep. Uh, it took him a couple laps, but it was lap 26. He had, he had caught up and actually got past, uh, he got past Hamilton. Hamilton held him up for about half a lap there. Uh, that was a pretty, that was a pretty nice dice, you know, nice uh, overtake to see uh, those two going at it. Yeah, and so I think Erickson was probably the next thing that came, he came in. He actually stayed out uh, on his first stint until lap 24. Yeah, a long time. Yeah, and so on lap 24, he went in on medium. So we're already talking anywhere between two to seven laps later than most stopped on mediums. Yeah, and he he was right behind the clock. I think that that, that helped him big time when it came to the end of that race, Mm -hmm. uh, helped him stay in the points. So uh, that was pretty crucial. And then at uh, lap 26... That's where things got crazy because yeah. Hamilton was still in, in P1 because he hadn't stopped yet, mm-hmm. and um, and Vettel was still out, and he overtook him. Um, and immediately after that overtake, Hamilton came into the pits. And, and that's when he uh, went to the mediums. Right, right. So we saw that, and we saw Hamilton come out behind Kimi still in P4. Um, so at this point, I'm still thinking... Uh, Vettel, the only way you win is you keep those softs on until the end. Yeah. Uh, Kimi, I mean, Hamilton's not going to win regardless. If anybody was going to win, it was going to be Botas because yeah. he was behind him. Yeah, he definitely had um, that better position. Start. Yeah, yeah. So I think at that point, you know, Hamilton being in P4, the best he was hoping for was maybe P2 or P3 if he could get past Kimi, uh, which he ended up not having to after Kimi's woes. So. Yeah, lap 29, that's when you had an Ericsson. Yep. Uh, make a pass on Perez for for P11. When do you see that? I, I think you're seeing that Force India. It's definitely going backwards. Right. In uh, in the in the pecking order, you know, obviously they were top of midfield. I think they they've lost a little bit of ground. Obviously, Salber's gained a little bit of ground. Right. I don't think they're quite on par with Force India yet, but. Again, pretty impressive to see. Well, and speaking of Force India, we saw all those crazy teammate battles that went on last year, and we almost had a, a, a revisit, except with Haas. Yes. Um, that was pretty interesting to see Magnussen, which we know who is already a hothead, kind of blow up on his teammate after yes. kind of holding him up, which I was still kind of frustrated with too, because I was like, what? I mean, like, what are you doing, Grosjean? Like, I think when I think when Magnussen first came up on Grosjean, Grosjean had just come came. Had just come out of the pits, if I if I remember correctly. No, Grosjean was he went into the pits he after would, that. Okay. So okay. so that's right, Magnussen that's right. had just came out. He was on fresh tires. Grosjean was on old yes, tires. That's what it was. And so you have somebody on old tires yeah. holding you up. But Magnussen came from so far back that it's going to be hard for Grosjean to see him first of all, and then he he was concentrating on who was he behind at that point? I think it was Ocon. Ocon. O- Ocon. Yeah. Um, so I mean, naturally, as a driver, you're you're kind of looking for. It was a Force India. I don't know if it was Ocon or Perez, yeah. but it was a Force India. So I think probably on turn one, he's not going to see him very well. He did kind of chop him in in turn two, um, and then yeah, you you definitely got quite a bit for on on the radio from K Max there. So good to see that they've uh, they've kept their personalities and uh, suck my balls, mate. That's uh, that's K Max for you. Yep. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. We uh, so it was Ocon because actually that next lap, um, again Magnussen on fresher tires was able to overtake Ocon right. and went into P8. Um, so I mean Magnussen had a fantastic race. Uh, he I'd love 
uh, again, I kind of like that Verstappen Magnussen racing style of being like elbows out, like I'm coming at you. I don't care what kind of car you're in, what kind of car I'm in. I'm gonna do my best to overtake you, and I'm pushing full force. Yeah, certain and, certain drivers on the grid, you definitely you know that there's gonna be fireworks, or there's gonna at least be some kind of show. Right. And he's definitely one of those drivers to to give us a show. Right. And so at this point, we see Gasly. He actually comes in for his second pit stop, and had had again been doing such a fantastic job. Yeah, great, great race. Even with the second pit stop, he only comes out. I mean, he comes out in P7, right behind Magnussen. So you know. I mean that's it's it's crazy to me that this this Honda engine went from what we saw in Australia to where we're at now, and I personally think that Toro Rosso is is a way better team and a way better car than anybody thought coming into this. Um, I, it's it, it's clear there they've they've got pace. Right. They've got pace. Right. So yeah, we see that, and then at that same time when Gasly makes his second pit stop, that's where the Kimi incident. That's when Kimi. Yeah, that's when Kimi came yeah. in. Um, that was. So that was Ferrari going with their strategy. They were right. two stops. Right, and, and and I still don't understand what they were gonna do with that with Kimi. I mean, I guess they were just gonna be content with him being in P four and just take the points. Yeah, well, I um, think it was Ferrari was gonna split their strategy, and it, again, just like Mercedes tried to you know throw the sell the dummy from for Ferrari and right. coming into the pits early. Right. I think you've got to have a split strategy to to cover both cars. Um, obviously, you can't bring both cars in at the same time as well. Right. Um, so they probably there was maybe telemetry data that you know tires were starting to come off or or, or pace was dropping. So uh, yeah. And to I guess kind of circle back onto that Kimi incident again. It is good that he's okay. You know his leg is broken and it it definitely was a gruesome situation there. Um, like Vettel said on the podium, you know it's it's he has mixed emotions with with how he was feeling at the time because of that incident, you know, and I can only imagine how Kimmy feels if he feels. That would suck. <laughs> I, would, I would not want to be in that position. Um, or or whoever, whoever the guy is that says, hey, go, you know. Yeah, you yeah. Because it's ultimately on him. Well, I think, and that's, that's where we're seeing with these, these automated uh, pit stop, the, the you don't have a lollipop man anymore. Right, right. You've just got, you've got the light system, which... When you've got a 1.9 or a you know 2.1 second pit stop, it saves time and it's that much quicker. But we are seeing the 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 downside of it again. Haas in Australia, and they have somebody in place to override that. But again, when you're talking milliseconds, it's two, it's two seconds. Right. That's like that's not a lot of time. No. And no. and it's, it's, as the driver, you're sitting there, you're ready to go. You've practiced it yeah. time and time again. It's, it's just it's it's the dangerous part of the Grand Prix, the most dangerous part of the Grand Prix, for right, sure. Right, right, and sure. and to kind of go back to that again, you know, um, we were mentioning it before we started recording, the the partnership between Ferrari and Haas. You know, is there some issue with the wheel? The wheel nut. The wheel there nut there has to be there has to be a design with that wheel nut, whether it's the way. Is uh, it a Ferrari wheel nut that's causing these issues that not only they just experience but Haas as well? I believe it was last year where it was mentioned, uh, which we have seen. We have seen Ferrari and especially with Kimi have issues with the the wheel nut, uh, which we did see Kimi have an issue in free practice too. Uh, but it could be wanting to run as few threads as possible on that wheel nut to again save time, save weight, um, save complexity. Uh, but 
clearly there, there's something that needs to be addressed uh, in, in the pit lane. Yeah, and uh, so to move forward, we see kind of going towards the middle to end of the race near lap 40, uh, we see Hulkenberg do a second pit to kind of cut off Alonzo of maybe doing an undercut on him. Uh, still comes out ahead of Alonzo after he pits, and so that's where they finish. I think that ultimately decided where it was. I mean, Alonzo, he pushed, he pushed, he pushed, he pushed, but he couldn't get past Hulkenberg at the end. I mean, even the last couple of laps, the last lap, I think he was only seven or eight tenths behind him. They were very know. close. And, and it, it was just a battle with those two guys the entire race. It was phenomenal to see. It was very, very crazy. And then we saw, moving on, the next, between lap 40, 45, it was all the same people fighting, kind of just still, again, a very phenomenal race. You um, saw you saw Grosjean sh- shedding more parts on his. I, I, think, I think the first time we saw something falling off of uh, uh, Grosjean's car was lap 29, uh, that was when I think part of the barge board started to break, um, and then yeah, lap lap in lap forty five, lap lap forty, wherever that was, mm-hmm. um, you you keep seeing more stuff just flying off the car. Right, so, right. Uh, yeah, that, and that that would be frustrating for him. You you could definitely see there was some performance that that dropped off. Um, right before he came into the pit. Yeah, because he was fighting for that tenth spot as well, and, and, and I I, he might have he might have held on to it had he not had had these issues i believe on that that lap that he did pit uh he he lost three positions right in, in that single lap so that i mean that right there you're it's hard to recover from so that was basically yeah. his day done right there yeah and then so during the hulk uh, hulkenberg and alonzo battle uh, erickson at the time was actually in p6 ahead yes. of hulkenberg p6. having a phenomenal race p6, p6. marcus, marcus erickson. erickson in p6 while uh, Gasly is in P4, what the hell is yeah, this? I, you know, this is, I, I have to admit, being, being that I am like the huge fan of Charles Leclerc um, and having been so excited, and, and I still am, but having all the excitement of bringing Leclerc up to Formula One, Ericsson's holding his own so far. You're seeing both in qualifying and and the race, yeah. Ericsson yeah. is Ericsson's up there. Well, I mean, when you have three to four years of experience that you shouldn't have <laughs> in, a, in an F one car, you're probably going to be better off yeah, somebody that just came up. But um, experience definitely plays. I plays would, a key. I would, I would be okay with Ericsson pulling it together finally, doing something that uh, a Kafiat or uh, you know somebody of that stature never could could do you know they kept trying and trying to pull it together year after year and just couldn't yeah um, well erickson's been he's been in, in the game too long and hasn't advanced right so it's either like for him and i think he knows it's all or nothing it, it, he's point. gonna have a career like hulkenberg where he's probably never gonna get a top flight run um but you know maybe he can develop himself into being a, a pretty solid midfielder or, or just just a Solid driver. Yeah. So at that point, Erickson goes to P8 with uh, Hulken and Alonzo moving up a position. Uh, and it pretty much stays that way for the next, like, seven or eight laps until about five laps to go. Uh, Erickson just couldn't hold off Van Dorn. Um, you know, there's you, only you, so much you can do. Right. There's only so much you can do in a Sauber Alfa Romeo. And, uh, and it, was, it was really in this closing stages of, of uh, the 57-lap race here. But this is definitely... For me, when I started biting my nails and, and when I definitely set up the edge of my seat, my, yeah. my back was tired after this race. Yeah, um, yeah. From all that. You've got, you've got 
Hamilton initially closing in, mm-hmm. closing in on them. Which I never would have thought he was going to play a big, he was just too far behind. Exactly. And he was on mediums. He had already been on them for 30 laps. Um, but the driver you generally expect, that's going to be Hamilton to close that gap. Right, right. Um, and, and that gap was staying pretty steady between Vettel and Botas. Mm-hmm. About uh, seven seconds. Seven, nine seconds. Mm-hmm. You, you saw that. Um, with about five laps to go. Just cracked it up, man. Yeah. I mean, Botas starts, Bo- starts putting in laps that are eight tenths, nine, nine tenths a lap faster. Um, you, we got Vettel uh, talking about blue flags again. Yeah. Uh, so again, we we've got we know, <laughs> we know who we're dealing with here. Yes. Uh, Hamilton also is complaining about blue flags, so I'm not gonna not gonna pick on Vettel there. Right. Um, but yeah, Botas, he's starting to put in those laps. You're starting to see. Vettel struggle, you could really see it on the exit of the corners. He just had he had no grip to, to launch him out of those corners. But I don't remember seeing Vettel lock up at any point during the race. No, I don't. I don't think he had either, and I was very surprised, especially at the end, because we saw Botas, who again was on fresher tires, not only fresher but harder tires. And obviously he was pushing hard to try to try to catch up, but he locked up quite a few times yeah. in his push yeah. uh, up to up to try to get Vettel. And we we see that a lot with with Hamilton. He's kind of I mean that's almost part of his style. Right. Is late breaking, locking up a wheel, um, especially in that off camber left hand corner that, that that you get before that second DRS zone in, in Bahrain. But he makes it work. Yeah, he he seems to to make it work. Um, doesn't generally chew through his tires too quickly, um, but I mean, what a, what a great just defensive drive, heads up driving from from Vettel. Uh, to me, that was a pretty Schumacher esque drive. Yeah, I you've mean, got, you've got that. You've got his pit stop. Yeah. You've got the fastest lap on his on his next lap, his out lap. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got heads up driving, no mistakes. Keeping it together, not cracking under pressure. No, and the, and the strategy to save the battery for the way he did, knowing yeah. that once Botas got DRS, yeah, you know he, that's all he had. Left, that's all he could do. I mean, how many times did we see this weekend? A Mercedes pulls up behind somebody, especially Hamilton, because he was the one that really was flying through the field. Right. But again, the the triple overtake that we saw. Mm-hmm. You you can't get that done if if you don't have that extra extra party mode. You know, just extra power whatever it yep. may be yeah um so, so yeah i mean that was that was an exciting race and i think like i think it was hamilton that said this um uh, a week or two ago right after australia that you really take four about four races to really see where the pecking order is and i think this race is definitely a huge indicator of who stands where because again this is a, a track that's more evident um and more similar to most yeah. Throughout the year, yeah. This is this is your this is your more typical Herman Tilke. It is a little modern. harsher on the rears than most, but outside of that, yeah. Um, you know the actual track layout and the design. It is, is it is a lot more like the other the other modern yeah. F1 tracks. Yeah. So I think there. we see a huge surprise from Toro Rosso again being stronger than we thought, uh, considering their woes in Australia. I think we get a confirmation on Haas. I I would have to say that. 
Yeah, this weekend. I mean, you take away Grosjean's issues, yeah. and you take away their pit stop issues from from Australia, and they're probably in third in the constructors' championship. Yeah, their their next hurdle will be uh, apart from like think apart about from, that. apart from making sure that their pit stops are <laughs> are, are good. Um, I think their their biggest test this year is going to be the development war. And making sure that they stay, that they stay where they're at, right? Uh, and don't come out strong and then kind of fizzle out. Um, I don't, I don't think we mentioned Williams. No, and I think Williams, <clears throat> like Force India, is on the back foot. You know, they're. I think Williams, like Force India, is out of cash. Right. But. Williams, unlike Force India, have, I suppose, untested drivers. And and I think Lance Stroll can hold his own, which I think kind of indicates more to us that their car is rubbish. <laughs> um, Sergei Sorokin did not have that great of a drive. Uh, very blah. Uh, yeah, just they, they were nowhere. They were nowhere. Um, and I, I think... I think they could very well end up being last in the constructors this year, if if yeah. Sauber can keep pulling out what they're pulling out yeah, of yeah. their pocket. Well, and this is this is one of those this is one of those races too where, yes, there were a couple DNFs, but you had so the three DNFs we had, which again, three DNFs is not that's not a lot that's not a huge number of drivers no, no. not to finish. Now, now give or take, you know, those three drivers finish. Ericsson's not in the points, but. He's finishing a P11 or P12 race, which is still are, phenomenal for them. But those are those are top six drivers that are out of the race. Right. It's not like that was Hulkenberg or or Perez that yeah. didn't finish. That right. So they still beat the mid pack. That's exactly. they still would have had exactly. to fight, regardless. Yeah. So I mean. And Williams was nowhere. Right. So being the big Leclerc fan that you are. How do you feel about his race, considering with the same car Erickson was able to get in the points? We did see we did see him struggle in qualifying on his on his last lap. He made a mistake. Um, he is such a young driver. I think we've seen him for for most of the race. He was he was pretty close. Uh, again, when when they both came into the pit stops, at one point it was uh, I think Leclerc P fourteen, and then. Uh, let me see. Look at my notes here. But yeah, at, at one point, they they were right there together. So their their strategy um, was pretty similar. Um, but yeah, Ericsson was definitely able to able to capitalize. So yeah. again, we're two races in. You can't make right, right. You, you, and he's only had that's only his second race. Yeah, you know, and yeah. he's finished both. Yeah. So and, you, and Ericsson does have. He's got a lot of time. With that team, yeah. with that chassis. No, I do feel like I see a different Marcus Erickson, though. I, I feel like yeah. he has a different demeanor. I feel like he has... I feel like he he's more confident than he's ever been, simply because at this stage, again, I think he knows it's all or nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, to, if to, he, to if he doesn't put in drives and, and show his worth, then now he does bring in a lot of sponsorship. Right, right, but we have Alfa Romeo now. Exactly. There are big changes happening in that team where they're more than likely going to be able to 
to part ways with him if, if yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. so I don't think that, that that's going to play a huge part anymore. So I think if we see him back, it's because he's going to put in the work yeah. that he deserves to be back. So Yeah, consistency is going to be the, be the key. I still want to see Erickson drive in the rain. Uh, we've mentioned that before. I think he sometimes tends to struggle. Right. I mean, driving that Sauber is kind of like driving in the rain <laughs> because it's all over the place. Uh, but, yeah, good job, Erickson. Again, I voted him driver of the day. Yeah. And when, when, I, was, when I was hitting that, hitting that button, uh, I, I, I said out loud, I'm like, N- I never thought I would be, uh, be doing that, but here, here we are. So, Renault, um, I'm kind of surprised by their, by their drivers. Um, I personally, going into the season, thought signs was a better driver than Hulkenberg. And Sainz I thought is kind we of in, he, he's kind of in a, in a weird spot right now. He's, he's kind of in a, in a no-man's land. Um, Hulkenberg is a really solid driver. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel, like he's, I feel like he's taking every second he can out of that car. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like Sainz isn't. I, I, clearly, he, he doesn't seem to be as fast as, as Nico. Right. Um, so whether that's just... Again, it's not, he's not brand new to the team because he finished last year with, with Renault. Yeah, and I believe he had, like, I think he had four or five races with them at the end of yeah. the year. Well, and, and Hulk, again, we've been talking about experience for this race. Hulkenberg is a very, very experienced driver. Right, right. And he, he's got a lot of Grand Prix under his belt, and he's always been a solid score point. I driver. just expected more from Science because you're talking about a guy who last year was throwing a fuss because he wanted to be on the Red Bull t- yeah. team. Yeah. And you're talking about a guy who, if deserved to be on a Red Bull team, should be killing Nico Hulkenberg at that with that Renault car. And I, I wonder how much of that has to do with with team atmosphere. There's there's different pressures you have at different teams. Obviously, like you said, when you are a young driver supposed to you know move up to the to the the senior team uh that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a a a fire underneath you so um renault again if you if you came from toro rosso and you're looking at this race it looks like you moved backwards right uh, especially again with the reliability issues we've seen with renault I, i um both Hondas are on their second engine, and this is only the second race, so right, right. that's so, really going to rear its head later mm-hmm. in the year. But clearly, the Toro Rosso has some kind of pace that Renault Renault hasn't shown yet. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, it would also be interesting to see is McLaren and how they progress throughout the year. Because right now, I would say they're looking at like the fifth best team. They are third in the constructors' championship they are. right now. They are, and that's only because of Haas's <laughs> issues in Australia. Well, and uh, Mercedes has faltered, Ferrari's faltered. Yep. They've they've been Red Bull they, yeah. doesn't get a single point in this race, a single point. I mean, yeah. Red Bull at least one yeah, of their drivers cars. finish, and they'll be they would be third in the constructors right now. Yeah. That's, so, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So I mean, they've had a lot go their way, that's for sure. And I don't think McLaren will keep that third spot in the champion in the constructors, no, no. because again, I feel like they're like the fifth, maybe even the sixth best team. Um, and I feel like like they're fighting for they're barely fighting for points every race. I mean, think about it again. Those three drivers don't, you know, DNF. 
Alonzo's not in, I mean, uh, Van Dorn's not in the points, and Alonzo maybe gets a point. You know. So, I, I, like, ideally, these guys are fighting for P10, P9, P11. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're fighting for, you know, basically the, the scraps, the, the final right. points, but right. not, not the ones that really help, help you jump right. up. Jump so up I'm up. curious to see if Alonzo's going to look at this in a way like, we're on the up and up, I'm going to keep with McLaren the next year or two, or if he's going to look at this and be like, I don't know what I'm doing here anymore, let me just go do something else. I think that'll be interesting to see. I think another big factor that not a lot of people are bringing up uh, about Red Bull and Daniel Ricciardo, because this is his last year on the contract with Red Bull, it's not going to look too great for him when he's making his decision when he can't finish a race after two laps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when you have a Mercedes that's coming after him because Botas just isn't performing, or you have a Ferrari coming after him because Kimi decides he's officially done this time. It's going to be hard not to say no. Even if it's not your fault, if you don't have a chance to show what you've got, right. it's still not being seen. Right. So I feel like if this continues, it's going to be very detrimental for Red Bull. For his career, yeah. Um, because I still think even with that, Ferrari and Mercedes would, would go after him because he is such a phenomenal racer. I mean, who else, who else would Ferrari replace Kimi with right now on the grid? That would actually be applicable, you know. That that they could actually grab next year. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's to to be in that. What would be thought of as and and clearly it, it really is the second seat in and Ferrari. You've got to you've got to be able to get along with Sebastian. And Ricardo gets along with anybody. Ricardo gets along with anyone, and. Ricardo, we've seen, is more consistent in putting in performances. Even even today, looking at Kimi, um, he was he was kind he was kind of nowhere. Right. When he when he was in the race. Right. Um, uh, Botas got by him. Kimi never really made a move on him. Again, we were denied, you know, the final third of the race to see if he was going to respond, could respond. I, he did set a couple fast laps, but with Kimi, you just you just see him as as a moving chicane for for the Mercedes, right. as there to be quick enough to hold up the Mercedes. But you as know, as a strategy, piece, yeah, you don't you know you don't really how can you help him? Vettel win a race? Yeah, you yeah. know, and and I feel like Ricardo is a great team player, uh, at least for the most part, until you can't produce a car that gets him out of the second lap of the race Um, again four out of the last six races if i'm ricardo i'm like why would i stay with you right now it would be there's not a lot you could you could argue for for him so then what red bull brings up carlos Sainz, who again is underperforming right now or you know maybe gasly if he has a great year and and gasly's still Great race today, but right. there, that, that's only so many performances. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't know who else is on their final year of their contract. I know um, they said that Hamilton's in his talks right now with extending his contract, which I'm a little, I'm a little thrown off by, um, only because I feel like, I feel like Hamilton has lost interest in Formula One. Well, Lewis, with his personality, he's always trying to go after. 
I, I guess the 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 current trend. Um, I think he says a lot of things purely to drum up interest or uh, drama, whatever, however you want to see it. So, um, I mean, obviously there was his April Fool's joke where he said he was joining MotoGP. (laughs) (laughs) But Lewis, I I don't want to say he's a lot of talk because he can can back it up. Um, But you do sometimes seem to think that he, he, he can be distracted. Right. Um, but then he comes back and wins like four or five races in a row. Easily. And, and you can't really complain. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, I guess I could see it. I understand it, you know. Um, although it is interesting because we do see like this res- resurgence of Ferrari. Um, we could possibly see, even with the new you know, engine regulations coming up in 2021 where Mercedes is no longer the dominant team because they didn't get a two or three year head start on developing their engine this time around. So, so, you know, we might see where Mercedes is the Mercedes of 2011, 2012, 2013, where they're fighting in the, in the points, but they're not not the dominant. Right. So it would be interesting to see that perspective as well. Um, I'm sure the money's going to talk with Hamilton, though. Yeah, he's he's not going to do anything for free. We definitely we definitely know that. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure the I'm sure he's going to get a pay raise after that that fourth championship. <laughs> a, a nice a nice one at that, you know, especially with this whole dominance of of this era. So, yeah, I mean, I that kind of wraps up the the Bahrain weekend. It was definitely pretty exciting. We're going to leave you off with our predictions for our back to back. Yes. Which I'm excited for. China. Yeah, good old China. Which I think I I still love I love the Chinese circuit. I it's, think it's always a great race. That turn that first turn is still so cool. They enter it at full speed. And you can enter it like way behind the guy in front of you. Yep. And by the end of it, <laughs> could overtake him. Yeah. It's it's a crazy corner. And and then the the back straight. One of the longest uh, on on the Grand Prix yep. uh, calendar. So it's it's definitely one of the biggest tracks for having a a good setup of downforce as well as as some straight line speed. Yeah, straight line speed is, is definitely a must. So that'll be interesting. But uh, I say going into it, our pole sitter, uh, I think Hamilton's going to take it. Okay. Um, just because of that, I feel like they have a really good combination of both. But I feel like China's a little bit more of that straight line speed um, than maybe Arrow. Uh, so I feel like Hamilton's going to take that pole sitter. But uh, And I also feel like he's going to win the race. I think it's just due. Yeah, that's really my reasoning. It's just there's no way Hamilton doesn't win one of the first three races, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, and while Ferrari has capitalized and won the first two races, right. they've also had some help in that. Right. Um, now maybe not this situation, you know, because we saw that even in qualifying, Hamilton could have get it done. Um, so I think I think Vettel yeah, rightfully deserved. He knew this he went in, He went into qualifying. He went into the weekend knowing he had a grid, he had a grid penalty. Right. So, you know, whether whether you realize it or not, um, that that's going to be playing on your mind. If you know that you pull out the best lap ever and get pole and then have it taken you know taken away 
I, I think there, there's something deep down right. mentally in there. So, um, I think I think Vettel won this weekend though. Whereas in Australia, he was given. Yes, it. he he was he was definitely gifted the win. In Australia. So so I think there was definitely a, a difference there. But I just think it's overdue. Um, I do think Vettel and that Ferrari pace. Um, I feel like their chassis is still better than Mercedes. So uh, I feel like Vettel will be right behind Hamilton again in P2 with a, a Botas rounding it out in P3. So I think Botas has to keep it up. There's just he would be foolish not to just go all out every race at this point because he's just not performing to what a Mercedes standards is. There's not a lot of drives where you just say, man, remember when Botas just absolutely <laughs> dominated? Even even when he won last year in Russia, right. it was, man, it's really hard to overtake him in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and, very and true. It didn't quite, and to not get it done when the car in front of you is, is clearly, like, driving on rocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I honestly thought he had it. With two laps left to go, your seven tenths. No way! I thought there was no way Vettel could hold on no, and win that race. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. So to to see that, I think that's also a big dagger in his resume for Mercedes. So he's gonna have to win at least three to four races this year, if not more, to keep that drive this Unless year. Unless Mercedes takes a book out of the Ferrari page of Grand Prix drivers and holds on to somebody way too long i just i don't see it i don't see it because mercedes is is definitely a little i would i would call mercedes a modern team whereas ferrari i feel like is definitely more traditional team and by that i mean mercedes they need two guys that can win any given weekend and they need to run away with this constructors championship because ultimately that's all they care about i mean granted of course they want one of their drivers to win the driver's championship but they want two strong, very, very strong drivers out there that are finishing P1. I mean, granted, who doesn't want drivers that are finishing P1, P2 every year? But Mercedes can actually do that. And we saw that where Nico Rosberg was there. And and I feel like there's no way they would settle for less now at this point, you know? I feel like Ferrari has always been that way, you know, at least for the most part. Maybe well, back in the 90s or early 2000s, they kind of had Ferrari, that dynamic. Ferrari, they're... But, the way they set up their drivers, there was a paradigm shift when when Gilles Villeneuve died. There was there was the shift between because you had Didier Peroni, you had Gilles Villeneuve. They were both young, top flight, hotshot drivers. Um, Gilles passed away partly because of that rivalry, because of that hot headedness. After that moment, they have not had a a two top flight driver team. Mm-hmm. Um, you, anyone can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I, I definitely see it. I see it that way. Um, and it's been that way for a long time. Um, so I, I, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. And I think if they were to get a Ricardo, that'd maybe change it, be a change of a new era. I mean, who knows how they would handle that. But, I mean, Ricardo's not a driver that, you know, I feel like he's a top-tier driver, definitely. Yeah, for sure. You know, so I would venture to say better to give me right now. Yeah. You know, so it would be interesting to see how, how they would be then, you know, because, you know, right now Mercedes is down on the Constructors' Championship, and can they really count on Botas to help them get back up there? If they don't think they can, 
that's already a yeah. not so good you know point for Botas. So it'll be really interesting to see how the rest of this year plays out. Again, I, I think Hamilton, Vettel, and then Botas for our podium finish in China. What do you think? I I think Vettel's got a lot of momentum, and I think Ferrari needs to come out in the next race and prove that. It is their car, it is their pace, it is their drivers that are winning. Um, so while I think that's added pressure, I think that's also a nice boost for that team. Um, I think we're going to see a Ferrari one too. I think Vettel's going to wrap it up. And you think Kimmy can hold off Hamilton? <laughs> I think Kimmy can hold off Hamilton. All right. Yes, I do. We got bold predictions here on <laughs> Will Spin Network. <laughs> Uh, and uh, you, I, I guess you know me well, Mike. But yeah, I, that Hamilton, I think P three. Yeah. Um, I, that's not really that crazy there. But yeah, I think I think Vettel can be uh, Vettel can be uh, Hamilton. Now I'm praying for a Red Bull finish. Yes, let's. If if anything for us fans to see those drivers actually be able to drive a complete Grand Prix. <laughs> Both of them. To overtake as many cars as they need to to give us the drama that we like watching. Um, and, and, we all know China can be pretty wet. China, we've, we've seen some pretty crazy rain. Wet into dry, yeah. wet into dry, and into then wet, back, right. into dry, right. into wet. So that could play a huge factor. I don't think we're seeing Marcus Erickson if it's wet in the top ten. <laughs> this is why we watch. <laughs> but, I mean, it would be interesting for somebody like a Verstappen who I think is the new age, you know, wet weather driver. You know, Hamilton is definitely there when you talk about that as well. But uh, it would be very interesting. To, it, would, it would be very, very interesting. And yeah. I, think, I think this race, kind of like Baku did last year, might spoil us for the next couple of races. What, have everyone crash into <laughs> each other and have 30 safety cars and... <laughs> And but then have drivers crashing yeah, into each other on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just like so action-packed, so full of events versus what Australia brought us. I feel like, um, you know, if, if the next race or two doesn't provide that, um, you know, I think, I think we might be a little spoiled by that. I'm hoping that China produces a race similar to Bahrain. That would be interesting. Um, I do like that they kind of rearranged the schedule. I was yeah. I got tired of seeing Russia. I like, I like so Azerbaijan early. being after China. Right, right, I and then that. yeah, and then we get to even the better races like Monaco and Canada, mm-hmm. and all the good stuff. That that European start of the European season, it's uh, that's fun. And then we get the French Grand Prix back. I'm excited French for that. French Grand Prix, Paul Ricard. Yeah. Paul Ricard. Yep, yep, yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, we appreciate you guys uh, listening to us. Yeah. Thanks for sticking in with us. Uh, Man, what a great race. So hopefully we get more of that. Uh, We'll see you guys uh, in, uh, in China. Peace out. See you later.